to the Paint, Rest, Repeat podcast with Roz Gervais and Laura Day, where we chat about our creative lives as artists while keeping it real and a little bit messy. We're here to inspire creatives just like you to push past those boundaries and make art that you love. Let's dive in. Hi, Laura. Hi. Hi, listeners. Hi, listeners. <laughs> we uh, have a really exciting topic today. We're actually super, like, crazy thrilled. Do you see, did you notice I used a different word to excited? I think that's my most popular word in my vocabulary. And I used the word thrilled today. Did you like that one? Oh, that's, yeah, that's a good one too. Move, <laughs> move it on up, move it on up. <laughs> anyway. Now, our topic today, we are going to be chatting about how to step things up in your art world and how to build the creative life that you want. And we actually have a framework today as well that we're going to be chatting with you, five key steps that you need to take to get where you want to go. And we're really, really excited about chatting with you about this. But we were sort of thinking as well that we might have a couple of new listeners today. So yeah, I've been doing the stats and we've actually in the last six months, we've doubled the downloads and listens, which I'm really proud of. Roz, I love working with you and I love this project. And it's really great to see that like people are resonating with our conversations, just a couple of artists from Australia doing their thing and chatting to each other, supporting each other in their business, talking about the ups and downs and what we experience as practicing artists, sharing our knowledge and advice with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you to the listeners. If you know of someone that might be interested in what we're talking about, please share the podcast with them. We'd really appreciate it. We do this for free and for the love of it. This is a passion project for Roz and myself. We don't make an actual income out of it. But so, yeah, we would appreciate you sharing the message and sharing, you know, what we do with others. But yeah, I think I just went off on a spiel of gratitude and very important gratitude, absolutely essential. And I'm just going to say ditto. And then I'm going to say, (laughs) yeah, for our new listeners, if someone's brand new to our um, podcast, I want to let you know a little bit about us. So Laura and I are both artists, mentors. We live in Australia. Laura's based in Ballarat, Victoria. I'm based in Sydney, Australia. And we love supporting other creatives on their journey. So whether or not they're in that hobby sort of artist space or whether they're trying to make their first sales or they've made some sales and they're wanting to make even more. Or maybe you're an artist that is selling quite a bit, but you want some company in the studio. We're very happy to be in your ears while you're painting or drawing or whatever you're doing. So yeah, that's a bit about us for the newbies here. Hi guys, it's Roz here. I'm just interrupting this episode to let you know about my Art for the Heart membership, a beautiful community for gorgeous creatives of all abilities. Art for the Heart is designed to reconnect you with yourself through art. It will have you developing your skills, confidence and self-belief too. If you haven't picked up a paintbrush since school, or perhaps you have painted more recently and would like to upskill and connect with other creatives, Art for the Heart is for you. Head on over to www.permissiontopaint.co-afh to find out more. So at this episode, we were thinking of people that are hobby artists and they're wanting to step things up 
to a business level or sort of step into a bit more of a professional realm. So I think this sort of covers like quite a lot of different levels of experience. I think all the tips really relevant for like growing and expanding as an artist. So we did some reflection on the steps and strategies that we've taken to help us uh, create a creative lifestyle and live the lives that we have as full-time practicing artists and creators. Definitely. And I think, you know, another thing I wanted to cover before we dive into the actual steps and framework, steps, framework, system, whatever you want to call it, is why it's important. So like, why, why do you think, what do you think? Why is it important to, if you have a dream of selling your work, why do you think it's important to actually follow through with that and make steps in that direction? What do you reckon? I think if you have any calling of the heart, I think it's your duty to honour that. And yeah, even more like than the monetary value of it, I feel like it's honouring something, that calling within yourself. So you're really like stepping into sort of following your heart's desires. But also, I think it's a good example to like step into the life that you want to live and design that creative life that you want. Maybe it's role modeling to your kids. Maybe it's role modeling to other people because there is a lot in the consciousness about how hard it is to make money from your art and how difficult uh, following a creative career can be. And I feel like things are changing And the more and more people that are out there doing their thing and, you know, the picture can look different for so many different people, but it is, it is possible. Like you're, you're doing it in your way, Roz. I'm doing it in my way. I think, you know, you just sort of different artists are showing other creative women and artists that they can do it and have like a beautiful, fulfilled life and a creative practice and make money from it as well. Oh, you're making me teary because like 100%, and this is why we turn up to do our free podcast for free, because we're so passionate about inspiring other women in particular. If you're a fella and listening, you're also welcome. But yeah, women in particular to um, build the life that they want, a life that is fulfilling, a life that is not, you know, in boring day job that sucks the life out of you or a life where you're in service to other people 24-7, you know, like if you want more and if that is through building an art business, then we are here and we would absolutely love to help you on your journey. So anyway, I'll stop yapping now. So now should we go into our four, no, five, we've got five sort of steps really. So if you want to take notes, this is a good episode for that. The first step we have for how to make your first art sales or how to make more art sales and how to, you know, build that creative life that you want is around your artwork and your actual art practice itself and finding your style, which I've taken a long time to process myself, that whole concept of finding your style and its importance and also creating a volume of work. Do you want to talk a bit more about that one, Laura? Yeah, I really think building a whole practice around creating volume of work is really important because you get to immerse yourself in your technique 
and you're refining and learning and growing and challenging yourself. And I guess, you know, as a practicing artist and as a person that aspires to sell, whatever way, like whether it's independently through a gallery or just doing commissions for friends and family, like whatever that picture looks like of selling your work. Yeah, you do have to have common thread or some sort of refined style that you're known for. I don't want people to get lost in perfectionism here as well or get lost in that learning phase and then not going to the next step, which we'll share in a moment. You can literally learn forever. Yeah. And I also don't want you to be rigid about an idea. It's like, oh, I have to like make art in this particular style. I want you to follow your curiosity, follow your creative urges and all of those things. But if you don't spend time dedicating to a certain technique and practice, then you might not be able to have a focus or you might not be able to build and refine over time, if that makes sense. I'm 100% following because, yes, start having a style, like a visual language that other people can see in your work is really important. I mean, otherwise you're somebody that paints stuff really, which is great, like, and totally do everything if that really works for you. But having a style for your main for the majority of your art practice, which is like forward-facing, front-facing, you know what I mean, that other people look at, I think is absolutely essential. I often hear people with this whole style idea, people coming up and saying, but I don't want to be boxed. I don't want to be caged. I don't want to be restricted. I want to be free. And to that, I always say, you can, you've actually got both. So if you want to sell your work, you do need to have some sort of a style or common thread or something that pulls your work together. But you can also then on the side have your creative art practice where you might be better known for you know your acrylics on canvas, but on the side you could do some weird wacky doodling art with poskas or some very ethereal watercolours, whatever, doesn't matter. You can do anything you like. So you're not actually caged, but... You do have to have, you do have to have a style. I do think so. Yeah. Or even a subject matter that you just keep going and reiterate. You can change the medium and all of that. But if it was some sort of overarching theme or some sort of overarching point of focus or inspiration for your practice. And this is the thing with style is, especially when you're first finding your style, you won't be bored with your style because it's got to be something that intrigues you. So funnily enough, for Laura and I, we both are interested in, you can speak over me, Laura, if I'm wrong, but in botanicals and nature. And that is a common theme for both of us, just coincidentally, that we just really love exploring that because for me anyway, I value nature. I find it really grounding. And so for me, that is something that I am likely to explore through my style for, for a very long time. So yeah, your style shouldn't box you because it should actually be something that excites you. And you can dig deeper and like inspect it and it can become quite immersive once you find that point of focus. So if you don't have a focus, I'd suggest really figuring out like as an artist, what sort of category you would put yourself in whether it's under like a, a medium or a way of creating. So you could just have a broad abstract, like I guess that's where we both fall. But then the treatment is a little different for each of us. And I, I've got 
the botanical inspiration and the floral inspiration like you and the nature aspect as a focus. But then I've also got another thread of work that is more abstract and mark making. So I've actually got two. So you can sort of separate it, but you can see the link between them as well. So that first step is really about contemplating who you are as an artist, refining your technique, and then also just a little side note and a gentle reminder, like not to get stuck in that perfectionistic sort of stage or the rigid way of thinking of, oh, I'm boxed in by by just focusing on this. It's more about that exploration and creating a lot of work. And finding your voice and the visual impact you want to have on the world, but also the message you want to get out to the world through your art. And that message is going to be received stronger if you have a style and you have something that's, you know, consistent and presents cohesively. So on that one, at the end of this episode, we'll mention to you my free masterclass, which is available on how to find your style. So stay tuned for that at the end. But as you're talking about this perfectionism, I reckon that leads to our step number two. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) So if you're watching the YouTube video, you can see Laura nodding and not Laura's sparkle in her eye. She's like, oh, Roz, you knew I was moving on to the next one. (laughs) You got the segue. Yeah. So social media and sharing your art, no matter where you are on your journey to finding your style. So you should be sharing on your social media platforms no matter what, because you want to take people on the journey with you. You want them to see your path that way. You want them to see you finding your style. They will be going to be curious around how you're going to find your style. Why are you trying to find your style, especially for people who aren't artists? So yeah, what else do you have about to say about social media, Laura? I mean, if you take our first step uh, literally and lost in your little cocoon, you are really missing out by not sharing your art. And that's why we mentioned that perfectionism piece. So for us, sharing on social media has been really valuable and sharing our journey, sharing what inspires us. I think that that it plays a huge part in building momentum and building some support and encouragement behind your practice. And also in this second step of sharing your art, It's also about exhibiting and and putting your work up on display. But the easiest way to do it uh, with minimal effort is to take a photograph of what you're working on today. So that's why we're talking quite a lot about social media as a way of sharing your work. And not getting too precious about your photography. You know, yes, a, a beautiful account is going to be more beautiful, but an account with nothing in it is going to be less. So just get something out there. Like even now for me, if I'm racing out the door with an artwork to get it shipped or whatever it is, and I (laughs) haven't had time to take a proper photo, I'll just take some sort of a snapshot. And that is still what I will share because we are real people, we're busy, and we just have to get something out there. um, So people can see what you're up to. People are so interested. So I would say to start with an Instagram account and a Facebook page as well. You can, when you share on Instagram, you can like tick a little button and it will also share over to your Facebook page. So you end up with the double without twice the work. And do you have recommendations? I'm really curious what you're going to say, Laura, on this one. Do you have recommendations on what you should name your Instagram account? I have my own strong opinions. I'm wondering what you think. Mine is my name. Just your name. Do You don't have art, do you? No. 
No, just your name. Mm. Do you have a personal account too? I've got a personal Facebook. I don't hang out on Facebook. I just do the tick auto share because I like hanging out on Instagram. I feel like that's the place that I'd rather be. And do you have a personal Instagram account? No. I think I hear a lot of questions as well about, I don't have, you know, people saying I don't have a, um, an art account on Instagram yet, but I have a personal one. Should I start a new one for my art account or should I just convert my personal one? Mm, interesting. It just depends on like what the purpose is behind your personal account. Because if you, if you want to have like a closed little personal account, and share everything that you're doing as a family and all the lovely excursions you're going on and art doesn't really have much to do with that, then I'd say have two separate ones, have a have an art one and have a personal one. But if you want to intertwine your whole uh, life with art, which is like art is my whole life. I have a creative lifestyle that's, yeah, everything, <laughs> everything I do and take photos of when I'm like out in outings and in nature. I use that as part of my sharing and my storytelling for my art journey on social media. So that I did convert years ago when I was taking art seriously. I converted my personal Laura Jane Day account into like my art one. So I've I, there's less sharing about my dog or less sharing about family birthday parties and and things like that in my social media because I actually use it as my business now. But I think it's, I don't know, personal preference. What do you think, Ros? Yeah, I, I basically yeah agree with what you're saying here. The only thing is if you do convert it, I think you have to make it a business account. So you convert it into a business account so other people can find your Instagram account. Because if you keep it as a private account or you set up a new private account, only friend is it only your followers can find you no anyway it's limited so if you're wanting to make sales you need to be public like in, you need to have a public business account all right cool number 2 should we move on to 3 you feeling ready just one more thing on the social media space or oh, actually two more things share your journey so share when you're creating your art from the blank page to the first initial marks to the drawing, to the underpainting, uh, show that as part of your process as well. Don't just fit, show the finished artwork. Show like the whole transformation from like start to finish. I feel like people would find that really engaging and inspiring seeing like something come from nothing. I think that's really cool. And I'm going to interrupt and just tell our listeners that me, I know Laura. So Laura's not saying to be a slave to Instagram. She's just saying that in your process of art making, people are interested in all the parts. So you have lots of options for what you can share. Don't feel like you have to document every single step of your journey. That's a little bit intense. Or every single art making session. That's just, <laughs> that's too much. That sacred creative time is really important and putting the phone away and switching off from that is really important as part of that, the first step, developing your style and like really focusing in on the art making. But yeah, when you're sharing, yeah, just park perfectionism at the door and try not to have that imposter complex as well. Just be aware of that. Like you don't have to be like a social media superstar. 
even just a small following, you're going to get a response and you're going to slowly build, you know, your collector list from from that. So you only need a hundred people who like your art and want to buy your art to make a career out of it. So in terms of to make a career out of your art sales, I should say, let alone all the other art-related income streams, which we might touch on in our next section. Are you ready? Yes, definitely. Yeah, all right. So so section number three is all around strategy. And Laura and I, before this episode, had a good chat about what we mean by strategy, which is understanding basically the art business model that you're wanting to create. So you have clarity around where you're going, because when you know your destination, then you can be making the right smaller steps along the way towards your bigger picture target, basically. And that does include perhaps exploring other income streams. It You might want your art to be in fine art galleries. You might want your art to be in retail galleries. You might want to keep it all to yourself and be self-represented. Or you might want to do go down that sort of mixed model where you have a part-time job, which helps to fund your business, or you teach, which helps to fund your business. So there's a lot of options and it's really important to know what you're wanting to build so that you can make the right decisions uh, to get you where you want to go. Otherwise, you're sort of just sort of floating about, flailing. If you're watching the YouTube, you can see me flapping. (laughs) Yeah. Did you have anything else you wanted to add on the strategy one? I think we have a bigger episode that covers more around that, don't we? We've got the next step, goal setting. So, But I think the main difference between this strategy step and the goal setting step is sort of figuring out like where you sit and where you where you see yourself like that vision stage and that bigger picture stage of like where you're going what's the direction where are your income streams going to come from and yeah just figuring out like the planning and strategy around that the episode that you're referring to is episode 18 powerful goal setting for artists and those in art business no, there's two. So the one around strategy and knowing your art business models is episode 30. That's the from starving artist to making an income from your art. That's a really popular episode, by the way. So if you haven't listened to that, go and check out episode 30. So that's more around the strategy, the big picture stuff, the big decisions you need to make. Really, really important to do that. And then our next section will be related to goals and that episode 18 that you mentioned. Yeah. So strategy, really important to get there. And then do you want to move on to four then? Yeah. Well, I guess so. I already sort of mentioned it. (laughs) I was distracted. I was looking for the number of that episode. Okay. So the next one, number four is around goal setting. And very obviously you can't set any goals unless you know where you're going. So if you've got your strategy sorted, you know, that type of art business that you want to build, then you can set some goals around that. And we have that episode 18, which talks all about the um, one way of setting goals. There's lots of different ways of goal setting, but one way that I use that has been taught to me by one of my business mentors, Tash Corbin, who's amazing. You can also go check her out, which is around, yeah, basically like dumping all of your goals on a big piece of paper, everything you want to achieve, and then tidying that up into a really achievable set of goals that are going to make you feel like you're on fire. You've got this art business success just going for you. (laughs) So that's a really, really good one to listen to as well. So that's step number four. Yeah. 
So with goal setting, yeah, I found that really helpful in my process. I think writing things down has power behind it as well. So the brain dump is amazing. So just getting a piece of paper and writing it all down and then just highlighting what stands out to you because we can't do everything. No, no. And that's a sure way to make yourself feel basically like a loser, which is a really bad word, but it makes it makes you feel really bad. Like you can't achieve anything. You're never going to get there. It gives you all of those awful negative feelings. So let's not do that to ourselves. And when we have big aspirations, it's okay to strive, but it's also okay to take things slowly as well. And I've built a business bit by bit. I've built this business part-time as well. Like I say that I'm full-time because 100% of my focus is on art right now, but I actually do this part-time because of my chronic illness. So my energetic capacity is much less than other people, but I've learned over time that you can build momentum and you can build success by having a focus, having that strategy like Roz was talking about before, and then also goal setting, setting in like a plan in place and having different areas of focus at certain times. So you could cycle through a growth phase in like your online web shop, or you could cycle through developing your style and, you know, having a different focus each month or every two months. Like this is the area that I want to learn and grow in this month, or this is the area that I want to implement X, Y, Z. Like, so, you know, you might want to focus on building a mailing list, or you might want to focus on making a plan for an exhibition, or you might want to focus on starting to run some workshops. Like there's, there's all sorts of things and so many different exciting opportunities and things that you can pursue as a creative person. Yeah, definitely. And lots of income stream options as well. So I often also point out that it's really important to be led by joy as well. So you're building your, you know, our listeners are hoping to build lives that are fulfilling and rewarding and beautiful and gorgeous and creative and all of that. So Don't go and say you're going to run online art courses as an income stream if that doesn't light you up. Just do not do it. It's not worth it. We're not building another boring day job here. (laughs) We're building the life that you want to have. So if instead you prefer to run small group workshops in person and that is what really warms you up, that's what you're going to do, right? So yeah, always be led by that joy. It's really, really important. I know it sounds a bit naff sometimes, but I do feel like as adults, we need reminders because I feel we get that sort of, it's the wrong word, but that workhorse sort of vibe, like we just have to flog ourselves and work harder. And I don't know, it's not worth it unless it's painful. And I just, I think we need, we all need to shake up. Yeah. It's all the shoulds. Like sometimes we just like, we feel like we should be doing this to be a successful artist. Like I should be teaching workshops or I should be doing what this person is doing. And I think that's maybe where the comparisonitis comes into play too. Like, oh, these are all the things that are picture perfect and that person looks like they're successful and hitting all their goals. So I'm just going to copy that strategy. But yeah, if you come back to your own inner voice and what lights you up, what brings you joy, you can make money from that. And I think some people have a hard time wrapping their head around making money out of things that are like super fun and joyful. 
Oh, totally. Like, can it be this good? (laughs) Yeah, can it be this good? Is that a funny concept? Like, is this okay? Like, can I even charge money for something I love? Oh, another topic. Another, (laughs) that's another podcast topic right there. Oh my goodness. So much, so much. Like, this is why in my art membership, sorry, I have to have to mention it in my art for the heart art membership, mindset is such a big part of the membership because mindset is everything like being able to manage that comparisonitis being able to manage the imposter syndrome and all of that stuff that sort of just is always always there no matter where you are in your journey i think number 5 step 5 finding mentors and building your community so mentors can take different forms it can be maybe even someone that you haven't met before but you just devour their body of work It could be someone that like writes books or someone that's sort of built a life that you aspire to. And, you know, it can be like learning through their messages on podcasts or, you know, yeah, reading, reading their body of work or learning from books. So there's lots of different mentors that, you know, can embody teachings that you take on. And it can be outside of the art realm as well. It can be deceased artists or like people that have built creative practices that you really love and you can read about artists' journeys and stories as well. Like you could actually find mentors in your own community and it can be a paid exchange. So whether you do someone's online course, personal development program, or you pay for one-on-one sessions or advice from business coaches or creative mentors or coaches as well. So that's on the mentor piece. Did you want to say your piece on mentors, Roz? What, what's your thoughts? I was just going to say, so it may you may not choose to work with one of us as your mentor and that's fine, but the role of having a mentor is to sort of, mentors are really good because I have my own set of mentors as well. It's sort of stepping back and seeing the big picture and taking the emotion out of it and helping you primarily with the strategy. That's what I notice with my mentors. They're just amazing at it. And they help you to ride that, you know, ride the journey. That Does that even make sense? You know what I mean? Ride the pathway, whatever it is, because it's pretty bumpy. It is in art. And especially when you're first starting out, it's more bumpy. And over the years, like we talked about with um, Maggie McDonald, it starts to sort of level out a little bit. That's another podcast episode if you haven't tuned into that one already. Yeah, so mentors are amazing for that. But the other ingredient in there that is non-negotiable is community. And this relates back as well to Julia Cameron's concept of believing mirrors, which I think you're a little bit more across, but I have my own interpretation, which is just that they, you know, a bunch of people um, or a special handful of people that believe in you and want your happiness and support you wholeheartedly on your journey. Is that how you describe them as well, Laura? Yeah, they're like your champions and they want your success and they reflect the best parts of you back to you as well. So like, you know, a community can help support you and help you especially when you're having a season of self-doubt and just going through <laughs> going through the waves of emotion because it's not all like <laughs> shiny and perfect and everything's like great you know there are challenges along the way 
And there are times when, you know, you sort of doubt your path and come up with roadblocks. So that's where community comes in and having your people that you can vent to, uh, problem solve with, they can support and encourage you, they can show up to your event, they can, yeah, just help you navigate all the ups and downs. Yeah. So you might have that community already in people around you, or you might tap into another, like a pre-made community, like a Facebook group or a membership or a local art society, or I'm just trying to think of other avenues. Can you think of other avenues of finding if you don't have a community, like if you don't have anyone around you already? I feel like we did a podcast episode on this. Oh, we did. Yeah, I know. I was just thinking of that then. I'm like, we've talked about this before. (laughs) We totally have. Yeah. For me, I think I find it really easy to network and I, I like to keep in mind those people that don't find it easy. So my suggestions would be, yeah, I guess finding Facebook groups, for your local community, finding out local events. Like, so your council might run events for the creative sector. There also might be like little craft gatherings or exhibition openings. And the more you put yourself out there, the easier it gets. So just going along to events or in-person things, finding the Facebook groups, maybe messaging some artists that you admire on Instagram, if you prefer to do it online, and just reaching out and just starting conversations. I think that's the best way to reach out. Yeah. And that was episode seven, by the way. Episode seven was on 12 ideas to help you build your artist community. So go and listen. Oh my gosh, so many references. This, I think this episode is actually pretty big and pretty, what's the word? Ex, 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 no, expansive, broad. It's all encompassing. I feel like it's a lot of things that we've already touched on, on topics, but we're bringing it all together. Yeah, that's it. So definitely go and listen to um, episode seven if you're after community. The other one I just want to say as well, because you were mentioning craft groups and things like that. You might also find some believing mirrors and people to help you on your journey through small business, maybe small business groups as well. Just a random idea, you know. All right. I feel like that's it. That's our five steps. Yeah, that's great. And I just do want to circle back to the mentors, the mentors and your community. They can also be examples of people that have made money through their art practice. So I think the more, if you're struggling with that mindset and uh, the belief that you can make money out of art and, you know, sort of battling that, that concept, the more and more you surround yourself with mentors that are, are an example of making money in the creative sector and the more and more you like meet people in person, doing their thing and putting their work out there, the more you can build belief and build more examples of like people out there doing the work and making it happen for themselves. Beautiful. I love it. I love it. Now, really our point today is that, as you're saying, with surrounding yourself with people like you've just described, you can actually make money out of your art. So that is the point. If this is what you want, if if this is what you're feeling called to create, it is 100% possible. You do need a range of ingredients. You need your community. You need your a mentor as well. 
and you can definitely traverse that journey and we're here to help you. So listen to all of our episodes so that we can help you on your journey. We do have some freebies for you as well um, to mention today. So Laura has a goal setting guide. Is that right? Yeah, it's the ArtBiz goal setting guide. So that'll help you plan out the things that you want to work towards. So head to the details in the show notes. We'll pop the link direct for you there. But otherwise, is that on your website? It's laurajaneday.com stroke free. Yes. So you'll find that on my website. There's that goal setting guide. There's also other resources for artists on there. And you've got a masterclass, Roz, that is is a freebie as well. Yeah, that's true. And that's on how to find your style. So I go through two um, practical methods for finding your art style. And there's also a really big aha moment in there. So definitely go and get that one. So you can head to my website, which I'll pop the links in the show note as well. But it's permissiontopaint.co stroke style um, if you want to go and grab that one and get that into your inbox ASAP. If you're wanting more a tailored like guidance and support for your creative journey and help you move further um, towards your creative dreams, both Ros and myself do one-on-one creative mentoring and coaching. So just check out our websites. We'll put all the information and links in the show notes. Yeah, I'd love to find out how you found this episode. So we love uh, getting feedback on the topics that we covered. And do you think that we missed anything in, in the process too? I'd love to know. And what what has helped you in your art journey and career? So yeah, just send us a message. We love having conversations with other artists. We love hearing your feedback. If you'd like to write a formal review, we would love that too. What else, Ros? I was going to say, if you have a friend who is an artist who you think should be selling their art because it's gorgeous, send them this episode. So send them the link to this episode that so that they can tune in as well. And be that person's believing mirror, you know, because sometimes, and actually I will say fairly often, there are artists that sit alone in their creative space at their art table creating because they love it, but they don't actually see the potential in their beautiful work and the fact that they could actually use that as an avenue to get out of their day job or to even just have your art pay for your own supplies, you know? (laughs) So yeah, that would be great. So we can help them on their journey too. Is that it? Yeah, I think so. That's a, that's a meaty episode, isn't it, Roz? <laughs> it was a really good one. I know. <laughs> <laughs> well done us. Mainly well done you. I don't know. I just messy mind mapped it. You just, you type, you're very organized, Laura. Uh, no, we're a team. We work together. Definitely. What did I say to you the other day? You bring the yin, I bring the yang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's true. All right. Well, thank you everyone for listening and we'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.